0: Hello and welcome to the February 4th, 2024 edition of the Little Zion Baptist Church Podcast. Today's episode is a best of message from April 18th, 2004. Brother Harold Smith was our pastor and in addition to our church family was a take place. Oh yeah, the message was a powerful one too. Your most important first concern is, listen to Brother Harold's message from Luke chapter 12 and John chapter 5 to find out. And now, Pastor Harold Smith on the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast.
1: If you would, take your Bibles and open them to Luke chapter 12. And uh, keep them handy. After I read and I begin to preach, I want you to turn over to John chapter 5. i like to title of the message today, and I believe the Spirit's working. Uh, I think uh, Jerry's song is certainly appropriate. Uh, the title of the message, Our Most Important First Concern. Think about that as I preach today. Our Most Important First Concern. Beginning, if you'll stand with me, reading from the book of Luke, chapter 12, beginning with verse 16 through 21. And he spoke, and I'd like to emphasize, he as Jesus Christ. He spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? because I have no place to bestow my crops. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build a greater. And there will I bestow all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God hath said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So as he that so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Father in heaven again, we just humbly ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon the reading and preaching of the word. We ask for the Spirit to open our hearts and to reveal to us that which you see. We also ask you, Lord Jesus, that you send the Spirit of power and demonstration in the invitation. And we thank you and we praise you and we give all honor, all glory, and all praise. In the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm afraid I hear all too often from the lips of people, their first concern is not the salvation. Their first concern is this old physical man but that's the least important you see the man who had this land and God bestowed him and blessed him and his crops came in abundantly he even had so much he didn't even have a storehouse to put it in and so he said I'll just tear it down and I'll put it and then I'll put it in there and I'll say to my soul So thou hast laid up for many years all this wonderful goods. But God said, and this should be your concern, how fool tonight your soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall those things be? I often ask people, you know, to come to Christ. And uh, they say, well, or come to church even. And they'll say, well, I've got some things that uh, in my life that's not good. When I get those things straightened out, then I'll come to church. And I have to tell them, and I have to tell you today, there's nothing you can do about it. Jerry's song that he sang, his heart was opened to him by God. And he saw there it was filled with fears and foolish pride. You know, it's pride that says, I need to save myself before I come to church. You can't save yourself. You can't even make one hair on your head, white or black. So your first concern ought to be, is it well with your soul right now? You see, we don't have have a forewarning of our hour. And I know people often resent this. Just recently visiting a man who was diagnosed with multiple cancer and and without a miracle from God wasn't going to make it, and he has not made it. But I was there and the family was angry and said, Well, you've put him in the grave. My first concern when I got there was was his soul right with God. You see, because When we die, then we must stand in the judgment of whatever we've done, whether it be good or bad, as we stand before God. And and they say, well, how do you know? I don't know, but uh, we have the evidence. Remember what God said over in Proverbs uh, 27, verse 1. It says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, you could say, well it was evident without a miracle from God that he was going to soon pass away and has. But may I urge you to contemplate your situation today. You may be absolutely healthy, but you still don't know unless, uh, unless God has revealed to you that this is your last hour also. And I'm concerned about your soul. My first concern is with your soul. It's not on, uh, on those things. And only God can change that. And so this man was uh, concerned about uh, his body. And may I say, we need to do that. We need to work. We need to practice good uh, physical health. We need to practice all those things. But that's not our first concern. Our first concern, is it well with your soul? You might say, well, preacher, what do you mean? I mean, are you saved? Are you saved for the judgment that is to come? And it's appointed that the man wants to die and then the judgment. We can't get away from that. The scriptures bears it out. And if you have turned over to chapter 5 in John, uh, Jesus uh, said in verse 25, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming. He said, it's coming. And I'm ringing just a little bit up here, Todd. The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. You know what that means? The dead, if, if you are still in your sins, without and you are if you are without Christ today, uh, in, in God's sight, you're dead. You're dead in trespasses and sins. And if you, but if you will hear his voice, today, if you will hear his voice, he said over in Hebrews, and harden not your heart as in the day of provocation, then you can be saved. And if you hear, uh, and and God said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. If you hear, then you should live. That's what Jesus said. You're going to hear the voice of the Son of God. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. You see, we did kill Jesus. He was crucified by man, but he literally gave his life for us. For us he died. Remember what the song that Jerry sang and narrated? For he was our substitute. For us he died. And he raised himself again for he had that power. And that's what he said. I lay my life down for you and I took it up again. And so we have that hope in him. And he hath given him authority. The Father, God, has given this all authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. There again he says, that hour, that hour. It's an important hour, folks. It's uttermost important in our lives. That This hour of our passing, uh, that you face it today while you have uh, the opportunity to make a difference in your passing. And you have that. God gave that to us today. And he said... Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Let me just say exactly what Jesus was saying here. You may not hear Jesus today. You may not hear the word of God. You may not respond to the word of God. But one day, if you die, when God does come at the sound of the trumpet, and when judgment, as we stand before the white throne judgment, and I'll be reading scriptures on that in just a minute, We will hear the voice of God. The dead even in hell will come up and stand before God. They'll hear the voice of the Son of God. It says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus when he comes. You see, even the devil, it says you believe in one God, you do well. Even the devil also believes and trembles at the word. For the Word is the Son of God. And and this is also going to be brought out in Scriptures. And he said, you'll hear my voice and shall come forth. And listen very carefully to what Jesus says after he says you hear my voice. He said, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. But they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. You see, there is a resurrection for all. But not all will have the resurrection of eternal life. Many will have the res come to the resurrection of eternal damnation and separation from God. Verse thirty nine, Jesus says, "Search the Scriptures." If you ever read the Bible, you know people don't want anything to do with the Bible today. I remember inviting a lady to church when I was first saved. My brother and I was in her home and and trying to uh, to to. Get her to accept Christ and come to church. And she, uh, she had a lot of answers. I don't know whether she got them from men, whether she derived them in her own mind. Uh, but she seemed to be much wiser than I and my brother because we didn't have that much scriptural knowledge. And she seemed to be overcoming us with much of her philosophies and her heresies. But yet, in our spirit, because we belong to Christ, we knew that wasn't right, what she was saying. And my brother said, wait a minute, till I go to my car and get my Bible, and let's see what the Bible says. And immediately, this lady's whole whole attitude changed. She become angry that we didn't accept her word and ordered us out of the house. You see, she didn't want to know what the Bible said. She just wanted to tell us what she believed. Folks, if you don't believe the Scriptures, you ain't saved. Jesus said, search the Scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. That was what he means. You know if you read the Scriptures whether you have eternal life or not. You see, it ain't whether you've uh, followed some cunning fable or heresy or or, uh, instructions of men... But it's whether you have obeyed the Scriptures in its entirety that you've confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. You can't be saved any other way. And so Jesus said, Search the Scriptures, for in them you have eternal life. And over in the last chapter of John, John says, he said, you know, he said, If if all the things that Jesus done was recorded in books. The world couldn't hold them. But he said, these are written. These gospels are written that ye may know you have eternal life. You see, if you search the scriptures, you'll know you need to come to Jesus. (coughs) And Jesus goes on to say, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. You know, if you're lost today, it's simply your own choice. If you'll come to Jesus, you'll live. If you call upon the name of Jesus and believe that he died for your sins, that he become your substitute, that he bore them at Calvary, and his blood would cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and God accepts that, and he said he would. When God looks down, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When he sees the blood of Christ covering your sins... You'll not be judged on judgment day. But you will have eternal life. And so he says, you won't come to me that you might have life. It's amazing how many things man might do that it might just protect himself in his pride. The song. He said, he showed me my heart, the song. And it was full of fear. People fear to come to Jesus. They fear what people will think. Let me tell you folks, it ain't. It ain't important what people think. It really isn't. You see, because if they laugh at you, let me tell you, they're in the same situation because without God, no man is saved. I don't care how big he is. I don't care how loud he laughs or how much fun he pokes at you. In the last days, mockers shall come. They'll mock you for coming to Christ. But let me tell you, that's the most important first concern you ought to have. he said, I receive not honor from men. You know, oftentimes we, uh, we want to have something to do with our salvation. That's pride. You can say, well, God, you had to come and die for me. I'm so wonderful. You might think that, but Jesus didn't have to come. He didn't have to come, but because he loved us so much, he did come. Jesus loves you in your sin. He loves you just like you are. He loves you enough to die for you. And as I made a statement in our Sunday school class, what I seen the heart of Harold Smith, when God opened my heart to me, I wouldn't want to be asked to die for a man like that. I wouldn't even die for me. And how would I die for you? You see, I'm not able to die for you for I am full of sin myself. But the Son of God knew no sin. He was free from sin. Therefore, He was the perfect sacrifice. He was God's Lamb. As John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who cometh to take away the sins of the world. He had that right. He had that power. And God gave him that authority. And he said, I won't uh, receive honor from men... But I know you that you have not the love of God in you. He was speaking to the Jews. He was speaking to those whom he had chosen. To those whom he would sent the prophets. To those who had the scrolls, the word of God. That's who he was talking to. He said, I, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. <coughs> they simply was looking to Abraham said, we have Abraham as our heart." There's many today looking to the some man for their justification to go to heaven. But let me tell you, Jesus said, your father's the devil to them. Your father's the devil because he said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Before any man was, there was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So you see, he said to them, I know you, you don't have the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. I come in the Father's name. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. People come in their name. It's like so many people worshiping in so many, we call them cults. It's men leaders of, of groups around the world. People pay tribute and honor to those men. If they were really men of God, they would resist that. And I'll tell you why I know that. You see, they tried to they tried to pay honor and tribute to Peter and John uh, uh, when the when the impotent man was healed, who laid out at the gate, beautiful, and they were going up to the house of God to pray. And when the man asked the names of them. He, uh, Peter said to him he said look on me he said gold and silver have I none but that which I have I give unto you and he reached out and took the man by the hand and his crippled legs became strong and he ran down the aisle of the church there the synagogue <coughs> praising God and the people marveled for they knew this man many times had been at the gate beautiful and they marveled at what had happened And they begin to praise Peter and John. And they tore their clothes. And they said, no, no, it was not us. But it was in the name of Jesus this man was made whole. You see, no man does anything. You can look at Billy Graham and look at all that he's done. But Billy Graham never saved a soul. He never healed a man. You look at uh, uh, what's the man down in Texas that has all the healing services uh, and, and the big university down there. Uh, Oral Roberts. I want to say that because you've heard of Oral Roberts, surely? I want you to tell. Uh, the reason I couldn't remember is because I'm getting old. It wasn't I hadn't heard of him. But I want you to know he never healed anybody when he laid hands on him. You see, it's all in the name of Jesus. He said... I'm coming in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe who receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? People say, uh, you know, and I remember what a young teenage girl in, in, in our Sunday school class over at Central Baptist Church, was touched by the lesson, by the word of God, and, and began to weep, and want to be saved. And an individual in the church, who had been to camp, Baptist camp many times, and, and, and this young lady had been to camp, and when she wanted to give her heart to God, he intervened. He intervened, and he said this, and I've never forgotten it. He called her by name, and he said, you don't have to, to get saved, because remember, down at camp when you uh, was saved, I remember I was there. He had no idea whether she was saved or not. Only she knew, and she was confessing, "I need to be saved." God help when man intercedes in the God's business and God's only, because man can't save a man. And man can't even know his own heart, which is above all things wicked. How can we know another man's heart? God said, judge not, lest you be judged by the same judgment. And so Jesus said, how can you believe who receive honor one of another and seek not the honor? Man, I I want to say that You know the saddest thing about that? You know that young lady? Listen to him. Her tears dried up. Satan come in. She never gave her heart to God that day. She quit coming to church. Her home, uh, she got married. Her home was broke. Everything about her life just fell apart. And the last I knew, it was still that way. Isn't that sad? That somebody, you see, she she, uh, turned down life. Let me tell you, folks, the only real life worth living is a life with Jesus Christ. I don't care whether you're a, a babe in Christ, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a, a, a youth, whether you're a, a middle-aged person, whether you're old. The only real life worth living is a life where your most important first concern has been taken care of. Then you could really have a life. And he said, Do you think that I will accuse you to the Father? No, he said, I'm not going to... Accused you to the Father, and he's talking to the Jews. Why? He said, There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. There again, Moses was a man sent by God to deliver them from Egypt. Just a man, empowered by God. He couldn't deliver him on his own. Remember, he called upon God when he came to the Red Sea, and God parted the waters, and God closed them up again on the enemy. So you see, but he said, you trust in Moses. But he said, for had ye believed Moses, we probably got a baby. (laughs) Ooh, hallelujah. Well, maybe we'll have some new one for the kingdom of God before we go home, hopefully. All right, he said, for had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me. You see, he was telling the Jews, the Jews today, they practice, they read, they study. I watched them as they sat before the the Western Wall in Israel when I was there. All day long, those rabbis rocking back and forth, reading the Talmud, which takes the five books of the Bible. They were written by Moses, but what was they written about, Moses? No, The Jew? No. Jesus said, They wrote of me. He wrote of me. Moses wrote of me. And he said, But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? You see, if you don't believe the Old Testament, you won't embrace the New Testament. You see, for in the beginning, as I said, before Abraham was, I am. And now getting down... Uh, to the nitty gritty as as brother Oscar Cunningham says uh, where he quoted somebody else as saying where the rubber meets the road this is it your most important first concern is are you saved are you saved have you obeyed the scriptures have you come to Jesus and confessed you was a sinner and asked him to forgive you oh he said I will but if you haven't done that you're lost and if you're lost as the Bible declares, lostness, Remember this. Do we have a little one? No. Well, I guess that wasn't a prophecy, was it? <laughs> well, all right. all right. We just go on. The Lord's. just in His hand. All right. Verse eleven in Revelations. I want to. Uh, you see, there's a there's a certain judgments. It's appointed under man wants to die, and then the judgment. It doesn't mean you will be judged at your death. It just says there will be a judgment after we die. And this judgment is all important. All important. How you die now is the most important decision you can ever make. Because it determines this judgment. For it says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. From whose face the earth that earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. Let me tell you, you may be hiding now behind hypocrites. You may be hiding behind the philosophies. You may be hiding behind some, some man, some religion. You may be hiding there. But one day God's going to call you for, forward. And there will be no place to hide. For the psalmist said, if I go down to hell, you're there. If I go up to heaven, you're there. Wherever I go, you're there. You see, all of heaven and all of earth is God's creation. And you are his creation. And so it said, there will be found no place for them. And then I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Did not Jesus say the dead one day would hear his voice? He calls the dead forth. They'll stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Two sets of There's a set of books, and then there's the book. The book of life. And Jesus, even with his disciples who came back after he sent them out in great power. And they came back rejoicing and said, You know, even the devils are subject to your name and to our prayers. And they had healed many. And Jesus said, Rejoice not. In the things which you've done. But you rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. All important. First concern. And it says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to their word. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, we all die once. We'll not escape a physical death if God tarries. There'll be an elite few at the rapture of the church, those who are saved when Jesus comes that won't see a physical death. But I I, somehow I believe we will all experience death at that time because it says we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That means this old man has to put off this old body and therefore we have to die and then we'll put on our new body which is Christ. So that's the way I see it. So anyway... It says, they delivered up death. every man according to work. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and that's the one you need to be concerned about. It's not this first death. Even Christians die. And you say, well, if God loved us, why do we suffer death? Because we sin. Because we're sinners. And, and, and it happened in the garden. Well, we're all born into sin. None of us are free from it for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then he says in this last verse, and I, I I want you to really contemplate this, this needs to be your first concern. It's your most important concern or should be today. For as I read before, you know not what hour it is. You see, Jesus said, If the if the if the man of the house would have known in what hour the burglar was coming, he would have locked the doors and prevented him from breaking into his house. But he didn't know when the thief was coming. When Merle and I got home from, from Easter services two years ago, our house had been broken into. Our, our jewelry and all those things that were taken. If we would have knew they were going to do that, we would have stayed at home and waited on them. But we didn't know. Jesus said the same way when I come for you. You don't know that they of the hour like a thief I shall come like a thief I shall come and only God knows the hour even the son of God don't know the hour but God only and it says in verse 15 whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire is your name written in the book of life today if it's not you ought to be terribly concerned. You ought to, be, you ought to be, have great fear because you don't know but what God may call you hope. It's like the man I'm saying. How many people, I wonder across the world today, has already passed off into eternity and the greatest majority of them are without hope. They're without Christ how do I know that when I don't know them well we have these statistics and I read them and I was concerned we ought to be concerned about the lost. it said if every every synagogue every church building every every building where a religious group gathers and that even included those calls, was filled to capacity On Sunday morning, only 2% of the world population would be in church. And many of them don't know God. You think how many people are bound to be cast into the lake of fire. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wailing as they stand before God. Unless your name is in the Lamb's book of life. How can you get it there? Jesus will put it there. When you ask Him to save you from your sins. And only you can do that. I can't do it. Mama can't do it. Daddy can't do it. Uncle can't do it. Aunt can't do it. You know, uh, the, the Baptist can't do it. The Methodist can't do it. The Pentecostal might do it. You see, people have all this. Uh, all these excuses. You can't do it, but Jesus can. I know one who can. Would you call on Him today? Brother Larry, would you call?
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope that you received a blessing from today's message. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, we encourage you to. We are available on most uh, podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you cannot find us on your platform, please email us and we'll try to add it. Our email address is littleziontrask at gmail.com. That's littlezion, T-R-A-S-K, at gmail.com. We hope that you join us next time. Until then, we hope that you have a blessed week.